0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Hired Up podcast. And today I am joined by founder and CEO of Hired Up. So... Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for doing this. This is fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. How does it feel being on the other side? Normally, you're the host.
1: I know. I'm usually running this. Um, it's nice. I, I think I told you yesterday. I was like, nobody ever interviews me. So yeah. let's do Yeah. <laughs> let something. I think
0: people will be very interested, too, to kind of hear your story and kind of hear, you know, how Hired Up got started. You know, I know a little bit of it, but yeah, I think people will be interested. Absolutely. So kind of take us back to... Your backstory. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school?
1: Sure. Kind of all that. Sure. So I grew up here in Dallas, um, had a great upbringing. Um, You know, I had parents that were entrepreneurs, um, both very um, risk tolerant individuals. Um, You know, I always tell people to go be more risky. um, And I think sometimes. I need to sort of watch what I say with that, because yeah. <laughs> it's easy for me to say, because growing up in an environment where risk was tolerated, it's easy for me to to accept that sort of fear. Um, and so, you know, grew up in a very risk tolerant house. Like I said, um, parents both started companies, took on massive amounts of risk yeah. um, when I was younger, um, like literally, you know, worked us into some serious debt and um millions of dollars worth of debt and uh just risk starting businesses and you know they've both uh done done well in it and it's worked out for them um and grew up and always saw them just hustling just working really hard to provide value for for people to provide you know the greatest amount of value for the greatest amount of people (laughs) and i knew that i always wanted to do my own thing So from a young age, I was always trying to make things better. Yeah. Um, I remember going on a family vacation when I was probably five and there was this little beach by the, the river that we were at and uh, it was in San Antonio. At the time, there were probably six or seven other kids that were building sand castles. And within about two to three hours, I had every kid on the, on the, on the beach. (laughs) like working for me. Like right. I had this whole plan of this whole, you know, stream that we were building yeah. and this whole city. And I just, I had it all worked out and you know, that could have been a control problem early back then. But, uh, I think a lot of it was just, uh, I always knew that even from that young age that mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of be the one that was calling the shots. And, right. and I, I just, I had a passion to, to lead people. Um, and so fast forward all throughout school, um, went to a great school, went to a really hard school, um, middle school, high school, and, uh, just a lot was demanded of us. Um, just, you know, four hours of homework every night. Oh my gosh. Did you go uh, to a private school? I did. Okay. What private school did you go to? I went to Liberty Christian. Okay. In Argyle. Yeah. Yeah. So it was difficult. It was not easy. Um, but throughout high school, um, always had jobs. So when I was 16, I went and worked at a candy store.
0: Nice. Um, started,
1: what candy store was it? Um, it was It was called Hay Sugar. Okay. And so a friend of mine, uh, their family owned it. And so I went and got a job there and I was sweeping floors and scooping ice cream. Nice. Um, and I remember Saturday would come and I would get my paycheck and my paycheck was $56 a week. I remember oh, yeah. looking at that going, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm working my butt off and making $56 know, a week. I know. Uh, but it was fun. I had a blast. I really enjoyed it. Right. Um, and I'm glad that I now am always able to kind of have that as the first job. Left that and heard about this company called Cutco, the kitchen knives.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I had friends who worked Did for you? Cutco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet.
1: So yeah. Cutco is really popular. Basically for those that don't know, it's a, it's a company that um, sells very high quality kitchen knives and they do it through high school and college students. It's a pretty genius business model.
0: I feel like you would thrive too, kind of in that.
1: Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, It was so much fun. So um, pretty much 99.9% of all people that work at Cutco get recruited. They have a friend that goes to work there and then uh, their friend recommends them to work at that job. Mm -hmm. And then they get called and brought in and interviewed and all that. I applied. Okay. I was like the only person probably ever. <laughs> like,
0: no one reached out to me. No
1: it. one reached yeah. out to me, and I applied. I went on the website. I'd heard about it. I went on the website. I applied. Within probably three minutes, I got a phone call. And they said, hey, Evan, we'd love to talk to you. Why don't you come in tomorrow, and uh, we can do an interview?
0: So there's an office? hmm Okay.
1: Yeah. Went in, did the interview, and I remember sitting across this kid, and he couldn't have been. Gosh, I still know him today, but he was probably... Probably three years older than me. And so at the time, I was—I think I was eighteen—sitting across the desk for him from him, and he gave me the job, and I was pumped. I was so excited. Yeah. So I went home, started preparing, and I was just really excited to go and do this. I quit my job at the candy store. <laughs> You're um, like I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not <laughs> doing this anymore. No more scooping ice cream. Yeah. And so started selling kitchen knives. And so I remember going through training, and it was a three-day training. They gave us this booklet. It was basically kind of the script of like everything to say and how it all works. And I remember sitting there going, okay, well, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. This sounds cheesy. That doesn't sound like me. I'm going to change this. I know something better. Right. And uh, I had this whole plan laid out. And I started getting on the phone at the office and it just was not working. Like people were not into it. Yeah. And so I went home and I I said, I called my dad over. I said, hey, I want to... I want to like role play this with you. I want to run through this script. So he sits down and I opened it up and started reading it. And he said, son, what is, what are all these lines marked out? I said, well, this sounds kind of stupid. And I'm I'm not going to say that because that doesn't make any sense. And he said, how much product did, did this company sell last year? I said, well, I think it was like $250 million. He said, how much of that was, was you? I said, well, none of it. He said, I think you might want to stick with their program first. <laughs> and and that, was, that was always a good lesson. Yeah. Um, you know, in order to break the rules, you must master them first. Right. And so I, I started working their system um, mm-hmm. and did it exactly like they said. Okay. And over time, I put my own spins on it, but yeah. I really did it their way. Uh, I had, you know, one of the most successful first weeks in that office. Within about three to four months, I was, you know, I'm 18 years old. I'm managing this little team yeah. of like four people.
0: That's pretty big for 18 years old. Yeah, it was great. Well. Yeah. And then
1: uh, after about a year, I was making a ton of money doing oh it. Oh
0: my gosh. And
1: then uh, they put me in charge of the whole office. So I'm literally the sales manager of this office. I'm in charge and of 40 18? people. I'm 18. Wow. charge of 40 people. Still in high school? Still in high school. Oh my gosh. The company hires me my own assistant. It was ridiculous.
0: Oh, my gosh. It, I told you you would thrive. It was
1: ridiculous. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, you know, I was I was 18. I had two cell phones. Um, I'm at school, like, t- stepping out of class, like, taking calls oh on two gosh. different cell yeah. phones. Yeah. I'd leave school, go home, eat some food, change, head to the office, and then run meetings all night. It was ridiculous. It was that crazy. was crazy. But I fell in love with the speed back then. Yeah. And from a young, young age, people have always told me, Evan, you're going to burn out. You need to slow down. You're doing too many things at once. You've got too many plates, you know, spinning right now. And I always hated that. Yeah. I, I never liked it when people told me to slow down because right. that's when I was my happiest. Like right. I love functioning right on the edge of complete chaos. It's just, <laughs> I love it. Like that's where I like to be. So this was really the first time that I got to experience that and it was great. So- Sorry, real quick. Yeah. Have you
0: read, I think it's called The Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod?
1: So he's a Cutco guy. Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, Miracle Morning.
0: He, Miracle Morning, yeah. And then he also has another book called The Miracle Equation. Or I haven't read that one. Something along the lines of yeah. that. But he talks about Cutco and his experience yeah. in there. So I just thought it was funny.
1: Hal was a, uh, he was a good dude. He, um, very successful yeah. selling Cutco. Yeah, it sounded like it. So left that, graduated high school. I went to Arizona State. Okay. and uh when i got there i was two weeks in and i started looking around and realizing that there wasn't a sales department really There yeah. wasn't really a program right because
0: um, you had been doing that with cutco and you really enjoyed it loved and it so you're trying to find something like that at, at college mm-hmm. school yeah.
1: exactly so 14 days, and I should mention too, so 14 days after I, I start my freshman year at ASU, my dad's diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Yeah. And so um, I remember he came out you know, to see me right before he started treatment and yeah. getting ready for surgery and radiation and all this just to hang out with me for a couple of days. Yeah. And he left and I remember thinking, okay, I, I need to occupy my time. Like I'm not just gonna sit here in this dorm room right. all year. Like I need to, I need to get busy because you know whatever is going on there in the home front, I need to fill my mind up with something. Yeah. Um, and later I realized that probably I I ran away from more than I should have. Right. You know, it was the normal response.
0: Well, I mean, you're a freshman in college too. That's already a big response. Oh yeah. yeah. A lot of stress put on you.
1: Sure, moving to a new place and yeah. never been there. A new state. Didn't know anybody. Yeah. And so anyways, decided that I, I wanted to, to figure out where the sales program was. And um, so started looking around and realized that they had a club that <clears throat> was called Spark. And Spark was intended to really introduce people to sales mm-hmm. and really just kind of show them like what sales was all about. And that had mm-hmm. just been started. And then they had this idea for a club called Sales Scholars, um, and it hadn't begun yet, but they they had some people picked out and they kind of had the structure of sort of what they wanted to look like. And the person in charge was a guy named John Dietrich, who okay, has yep. been, on podcast, been on the podcast and, podcast, and yeah. who's now one of my, my best friends in life and just greatest oh, people that I awesome. know is, is John. And so I, I worked my way into a meeting with John, went to go see him in his office. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I walked in, and he said, well, Evan, it's, it's great to meet you. Um, but this club is really for, for upperclassmen. Um, this is really intended for juniors and seniors. And so, you know, you can definitely enter some of the competitions maybe and things like that, but, but this is an upperclassman club. Um, but let me see what we can do and, you know, maybe we can work something out. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. I need to You're
0: like, man, I was 18 in high school, yeah. you know, running a whole cut. Yeah.
1: Let me tell you <laughs> yeah. what I've been doing. Right. Let me tell yeah. you what I've been doing. Yeah. Really just kept, kept working on that. Uh, really got an interview for sales scholars, um, and they let me in. So I was a freshman. Okay. I didn't even know how to get to the meetings or anything. Yeah, like I, I'd never been on campus before. Yeah, so um, I guess
0: you probably didn't have a car on campus or anything like no, that. No, yeah, no, I was walking. And why would you
1: need to? Yeah, so. I was walking yeah. everywhere. Get into this club, and I show up on day one, and it's all these juniors and seniors, and these people Is that were intimidating. Oh, they're like yeah. men and women. Yeah. yeah, and I'm this kid yeah. from high school. Um, and they're these like proper men and women who have yeah. been in college for years. And it's funny because looking back now, right, they're a bunch of kids. yeah. Um, but they were... their perspective. Oh, it, yeah. it changes so quickly. Yeah. But they were these men and women. And so I, I go in and I'm still great friends with a lot of the people in that class today. <clears throat> so they said, all right, well, welcome to Sales Scholars. Here's kind of what we're trying to do. We really want to create an elite group of salespeople in the you know, WP Carey school of business and blah, blah, blah. First things first, we need to elect a president. And so like me, well, yeah. So like, (laughs) I think one other person raised, one or two people raised their hand Yeah. and they're like, I want to be the president because you know, I'm a leader and this and that. Right. And so I stand, I raised my hand. Did
0: you have to give a speech? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm, you know, I'm, I think I was barely 19 maybe. Um, and, From high school, I had to use Google Maps to get to this meeting. Oh my gosh. And I get up and I'm like, I I was a little bit, you know, cocky back then. Yeah. But I was like, listen, here's what I've been doing for the last few years. I know what this club needs. I see a huge vision for this group. I think all of you can be making six figures once we graduate. And this is going to be great. I just went on this whole big spiel. Yeah. Left the room come back in they said all right evan you've been elected the president i was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) what am i gonna do now what do i do that was kind of an accident so over the next four years we built that club into something really special um that club is now one of the leading sales programs in the united states um they repeatedly finish at the top of sales competitions all over the world i'm sorry all over the united states wow They've received multiple awards. They've received a ton of, uh, of, of actual monetary rewards for a right. lot of the people uh, that win these things. And it's been sponsored. I think we started with probably five, eh, maybe a little bit more companies. Um, there's now 30 sponsor companies that, wow. that are in that program. So it's, it's a serious operation. Yeah. And that taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about, um, and, and really John was the one that taught me how to be a diplomatic person, right. how to be a proper leader, really listen to people. Yeah. Um, and not just go in and torch the village, but right. but really, you know, take a step back and understand people's needs and wants. And that was a lot of fun. And so, unfortunately, had to graduate and leave that. I was really yeah. sad when yeah. I left that. I'm still sad. But graduated school and went and worked for Tom James, so the custom suit company. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> start selling suits. I'd always been interested in in clothing and fashion. And I always liked to dress nice and decided that that's what I was going to do. People have been saying that it was a good gig and I could make good money and meet great people. So I was in, started selling suits and I had great people around me, great mentors, great leaders, yeah, just people that were, were interested in my success. Right. They truly wanted the best for me. Um, and I did very well. I sold a lot of suits. It, It was an incredible job.
0: And, and to backtalk real quick, where sure. did you find your mentors? Did they all come from your, your sales? Um, Most
1: of them that... were from sales, oh, okay. um, but In college? I always knew, Brianna, that there were people out there that, that had what I needed. Yeah. And so I always was very interested. Like I would reach out on LinkedIn all the time. Really? Oh yeah. I would, I would just go talk to people yeah. that I knew were interesting. I'd go find, you know, I, I'd pick up business cards, um, at, um, just stores and shops. If, yeah. the, if there was a business you know how sometimes they have a business card at the register that says owner and then it's the name? Yeah. I'd pick that thing up and I'd call that person and really? go talk to them. Yeah. I always knew that that people out there, and still to this day, I mean, everything you ever want to know has been written down somewhere in a book. Yeah. And uh, all the advice of what to do and what not to do is out there. And um, there is somebody out there who has already done what you want to do probably many people. So I I always wanted to go find those people. So yeah. So you
0: just call them up. You're like, hi, my name's Evan York. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And sometimes I'd come up with a crazy story. I'd be like, Hey, this is Evan York. I'm a, I'm a college student over at, you know, ASU or I'd come up with a different school. Right. I'm doing a project on It happened to be whatever they did. Yeah. And I want to come and interview you and talk to you about it and, you know, and then learn.
0: this was just for your personal knowledge, just to get to know these people, get inside their minds, get their advice. Yeah, it wasn't for any type of class or anything like that. Just for your, just for personal me. Personal, interesting. I've never heard of anyone
1: doing that before. I, well, I, there's some, there's definitely folks out there that do it, but yeah. I am, I was always just very interested in in learning what people had to say. Yeah, um, I knew it's that. A good trait to have. Yeah. Well, I I knew Brianna that that like I said. People out there had already done what I wanted to do. Right. So, anything that I wanted to do in my life, and we can go back and talk about a couple of those things like racing cars and books and all of that. Like anything that I wanted to do, I knew that people out there had done it. So, if I could just get around those people and ask them the right questions, things were probably going to work out. Yeah. And I I had some funny jobs back in college, which, you know, we can talk about if you want. But I uh, graduate, I'm working at Tom James, selling suits. And I remember very vividly the moment that I knew that this was not going to be the place for me. Um, And I, I, don't get me wrong. You know, for those of you listening out there, I love Tom James. They're an excellent company. But I remember I was the number one rep in the office my first month. Number one, by a landslide. I won by a lot.
0: That's crazy.
1: And uh, I remember being in the end of the meeting month, the, the closeout for the month. And I remember sitting there and they had a slide deck up on the screen and they accidentally put up the page of the leaderboard for the month with all the stats and how much everybody had sold and i remember it came up and they went oh well we don't show that and they went right into well hey evan did a great job this year and they started naming everybody off and i remember looking around being like are you freaking kidding me like i busted my ass yeah for yeah. like four weeks Slinging suits to everybody yeah. <laughs> I know, working for 17 to 18 hours a day. And wow. that's the kind of, you know, acknowledgement that I get. Right. So it was much more of a, a group environment. Um, and people were very acknowledged. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But I just remember that that lacked the cutthroat, like, I'm going to win. Like, right. yes, we're all in this together, right. but I need the opportunity to beat you. Right. It lacked that. <laughs> so I, I knew kind of then and there, like mm, this probably isn't gonna isn't gonna cut it. Um, and there were a couple of things that just didn't quite match. And you know, for for many many people, it's an excellent job. Um, for me, I just knew that I, I was never going to be happy there, and they probably weren't going to be happy with me right. either. Um, so left that job, and and I had no plan. Yeah. Which is exactly Scary. what they tell you not to yeah, do.
0: Yeah. know. Were you scared? Were you nervous? Or was it just like, I need to find my next thing?
1: I knew I would find something. Yeah. I wasn't sure what yet, but, um, you know, I'd I'd made good money at Tom James. So I'd had some cash stocked away. Yeah. Um, So I didn't really need, uh, there was not really a financial need for me at that point because I was, you know, I banked a lot of cash from that job. Anyways, decide to, and from from previous jobs as well throughout college, but anyways, decide to just sort of start searching for what I wanted to do. Um, And I started thinking, you know, I know a lot of sales students across the country. I know a lot of companies out there. I know just right off the top of my head, 30, that I can call up the vice president of sales right now and, you know, be in their ear from the sales program. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought, well, I wonder if I could like recruit those people. I wonder if I could start like a sales recruiting company specifically. I mean, 70 to 75% of the students that came out of Sales Scholars, our program at Arizona State made $100,000 a year their first 12 months out in the marketplace. Wow. Which is kind of unheard of. Yeah. Um, And so uh, I started doing that. And I remember my first deal uh, was with an insurance company in town. Okay. And I remember, (laughs) uh, you know, finding out exactly what he needed. And I went and found him the person. And And how
0: did you find the insurance company? Is this just someone you knew or was, did you cold call them or, uh,
1: kind of a mixture of both. So I had known them, um, but I had no idea if they were hiring people, no idea. I had known them and then, uh, just started really researching more about like how they were building and who they were hiring. Um, and then just went and sat down with them and, um, you know, ended up cutting a deal with them. Yeah. And so, uh. Go out and find his candidate and connect the two. Um, took me about five minutes to do it, and uh, and the guy got the job. That's crazy. And so I made more money than I did in any other job. Right. In about five, five minutes.
0: minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I remember sitting there going, "Okay, well, that was freaking great." Yeah. But then I s- felt sort of guilty, which. You know, I mean, you can make a lot of money doing that, but I was like, well, it took me like five minutes. Right. That wasn't really that hard. And the value that I just provided this guy, both parties was excellent. Like this right. person got a job, this person got an amazing client that's gonna make them way more than this money throughout the next you know, couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, there's gotta be more than that. Like that's not a huge amount of value for a large amount of people. Um, so I really started observing sort of what was missing. I knew there was a technology play mm-hmm. somewhere in the hiring space. Yeah, just didn't quite know what yet. I mean, yeah. there's everybody out there, Indeed and Zip, and all these folks that right. you know are basically just they're the digitalization of job postings and resumes, and yeah. they match each other up, and then it's just this giant board. Yeah. Um, and uh, so came up with this idea for um a. Uh, an app where you could really function with uh, each other through video, um, and I won't divulge everything because our <laughs> app's not you know released yet. And right. I'll, maybe we can come back and touch yeah. this up at the end of the month. But stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, and then over the course of a few months, really started putting all the other features together, um, and then found a great team to build it. Um, it was a twelve-person contract team that built it initially. Yeah. Um, and then just slowly started, you know, pushing the snowball up the hill, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then now we're here where we are today and, and, uh, you know, we've got, I guess seven or eight people now on the team. Yeah. Um, and we release it on the 27th. So here in just, you know, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, and it's been one heck of a ride
0: got to break an entire industry. and in- Yep flip it upside down you got it yeah a
1: complete recapturing of the industry
0: exactly exactly so hearing your backstory and just kind of everything that you've explained and you might have already answered this but where do you get your like drive and your passion and your like that go-getter attitude is (laughs) it from your parents or is it just is it a mentor or like what what kind of fuels that for you
1: Um, that's a good question. I think it's a mixture of everything. Um, you know, my upbringing, seeing my parents hustle, definitely had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, but I always had a a natural desire to build things. Yeah. Um, and I, I I I still am terrified and always was of just being sort of medium. Yeah. Like I never ever wanted to just be like mediocre at right. anything. And so any job I ever had, I, I had to win. I wanted to be yeah. the best. You yeah. know, still to this day, like the thing that keeps me up at night is just sort of making it. Um, I never want to be that guy. I never right. want to do that. I don't want that for our company. I don't want that for my family. Yeah. Um. You know, none of that. And so um, I think a lot of it's just an inborn trait. Um, yeah. But there have been a few people that I've met through my life that really sparked it. Yeah, Um, And I can think of one back when I was was probably 17. um, I went to this conference uh, called Succeed Faster. And I met this guy by the name of Shane Mack. And Shane uh, was a serial entrepreneur. And a couple of years before, he'd sold his company to BlackBerry for, I think, like $48 million or something like that.
0: So you were in entrepreneurship even like back in high school. Like that is something that has always piqued your interest. Always wanted to do it. Okay.
1: Yeah. I had like a little drone company back in high school and like I was trying to do all kinds of crazy stuff. That business completely failed miserably. (laughs) Um, But I met Shane and Shane functioned at a different level. Like he was just wired. He was jacked up. He was just fast. His mind worked so quickly and he was just not on edge, but you knew that he had a mission and a purpose. Like he wasn't there to waste time. He wasn't right. there to chit chat. Like he was there to get some stuff done. He yeah. was there to provide value, get value, and and make it happen. Get out the door onto his next deal, and that was very attractive to me. Yeah. So I, I I'll never forget meeting him. Uh, and I remember walking away from my first conversation with him. I've obviously I still know him today. I've talked to him many many times, but um, that first time that I met him, I remember thinking, okay, I, I want to be that. Like I want to. Function like that guy because he's never stopping and he's using up every bit of daylight that he's given. Yeah, which I so like.
0: Kind of set the vision, almost kind of for like yeah. where you want to go. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Definitely. So something that a lot of people may or may not know is that you fly planes. Mm-hmm. You've written a book. Yep. Now you're you know on your way to creating a company that's about to change an industry. Um, I want to talk about like flying for a little bit. How did you get started in flying? Where did that come about?
1: So um, I I get giddy when I talk about flying. Um, Always loved flying. I never had the time or the resources to do it. Um, Flying is really expensive. Um, Getting your pilot's license is very expensive. Like, where do you get a plane? Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to yeah. go rent airplanes and all this. And so okay. um, never had the opportunity to get it done. And then I did an internship when I was in college with Textrum, uh, who uh, they own Cessna and Beechcraft. And, you know, they're pretty much the largest, or they are the largest manufacturer of private aircraft right. in the world. And so <clears throat> um, while I was there, I had, you know, we would work all day and then all day evening i had this free time and then on the weekends i had nothing to do i yeah. there was you know i didn't like i had friends there from the yeah. internship but it wasn't like i was you know doing other things while right. i was there so um you know i was making money then and then i'd saved up a bunch of money in in not a bunch but a, you know fair amount of money in college from working right uh back at arizona state and um so i was like you know what i, I want to get this thing done so i Started and it was flying.
0: just an itch. You were just like, you know, I just. I, I just know.
1: knew I always needed to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd always wanted to do it. Yeah. And then I just, just never had the chance to do it. that's always piqued your interest. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I started flying um, and I would go to work all day. I'd You know, five o'clock, I'd leave work, come home, grab a bite to eat, change, head to the airport and fly till the sun went down every day. And then on the weekends, I would go fly um, all weekend. So yeah. literally from, you know, nine o'clock in the morning till evening, I was flying. Um so got my private pilot's license then, and then later, once I moved back to Arizona State, mm-hmm. finished my instrument um, wow. and uh you know still want to get more ratings and keep that going, but it's right. been great. I mean,
0: How come you never wanted to pursue that as a career?
1: Um, you
0: a commercial you know flying and stuff like that
1: yeah, I mean i I uh it just it never was really something that I wanted to do because I didn't want to do the same thing for my whole life right you know i there's a lot of volatility in the in the airline world i mean okay. we're seeing even right now oh yeah and i have a lot of friends that are professional pilots and it's yeah. like you know your your fate is sort of at the mercy of yeah, of the market true. um and i never wanted to put myself in that situation yeah. not that that's a bad situation but it just wasn't for me right i knew that i wanted to be a business guy yeah. not a pilot so interesting yeah.
0: so through all of your experiences in creating a company um, you know, and kind of dedicating yourself through college to your sales program and stuff like that. Do you ever feel like you missed out or are missing out on, you know, being with friends or, I don't know, doing things that normal other 22, or not 22, but, you know, people in their 20s would, would be doing?
1: Yeah. Um, no. No, yeah. I, so I have time for everything that's important to me. Yeah. Everything. Everything that's important to me, friends, relationships, um, business, flying, the gym, fitness, health, everything that's important to me, I have time for it. Yeah. Is that
0: something that you've had to sit down and like, these are my priorities and I need to kind of align my actions with it? Because I feel like a lot of people say these things are important to me, but their actions may not necessarily align with that.
1: Yeah, uh, it's very true. Uh, I mean, yes and no. Um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've obviously made it much more strategic. Right. Um, but when I was younger, I never really did, and that, that definitely caused some anxiety in me. Yeah. Um, just yeah. always being on the edge and having so many things going on. But right. um, yes, it's it's more strategic now. Um, but I never felt like I was missing out on things. Um, I think I would have felt like I was missing out if I wasn't as busy as I was. Um, and so I always used every bit of free time that I could for something with a purpose. Right. Um, that's not to say I never had free time. I mean, I still have free time where sometimes I'll just, you know, lounge.
0: Well, it's kind of too, like being a master of your time, you know, making sure where your time is being spent and, you know, just making sure you're managing your time properly. Absolutely.
1: You know, nothing bothers me more than when time is wasted. Yeah. When I'm standing.
0: You can't get back.
1: I can never get it back. When I'm standing in a line and somebody tells you, oh, it'll be five minutes. And then you sink 30 minutes into it. And you think, well, if I leave now, it's totally wasted. But if I stay, it could be another 30 minutes. That drives me crazy. Yeah. Because I have no control over that time. And like you said, it's the one thing I can never get back. Right. Um, but I'm definitely very strategic with my time. I'm very careful with my time. I'm very calculated. Um, the biggest thing that I do that, that helps me is I wake up early. Yeah. Um, so you you're know, a
0: big proponent of this too. Huge, yeah. Yeah.
1: huge. Um, I get up, you know, between five and five 15 every day. Um, I know people that, you know, Morgan, who was on the podcast yesterday, yeah. she gets up at four. Oh I'm kind of jealous of that. So I'm thinking about how I can move some time around to do that. So,
0: what's your morning routine whenever you wake up?
1: Yeah, so um, I love talking about this. Yeah. So I wake up um, five five fifteen. I'm up. I'm out of bed. Uh, I get a cup of coffee and I sit down. Um, and from about five, 5 about five twenty until probably five forty five, I'm I'm reading the Bible. Nice. So spending time with the Lord. That's yeah. that's what I do every morning. Um, and you know, just centers me. Mm-hmm. Um, at about 545, I'll leave the house, head to the gym, work out for about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, come home, have breakfast, usually watch a podcast, something like that. Yeah. Um, get ready, change. Finish up anything else I need to do. I usually do kind of a planning for the day. Right. Uh, that usually starts the night before, but I'll finish it the day of. Just hey, here are the things that I need to do today. Yeah. These are kind of my missions for today. Uh, this is the the person that I'm trying to be today. Yeah. Um, and then I'm out the door. Um, I like that. And what's nice is you know that sounds like a very quick process, um, but I have about four hours of time from the moment that I wake up to the time that I'm out the door yeah, I know. before anybody needs me. Right. And the reason I love waking up early so much is because all day we're in output mode. Yeah. People need us. People want things from us. They're, you know, interested in our time. They're trying to take away our time. Mm-hmm. Um, our families need us. You know, um, if you have kids, your kids need you. If you can have four hours of time Before anybody needs you that are just for you to feed you and to do the things that you want to do. You will never run out of energy to give those people maybe physically, but you're never going to run out mentally or in your soul of energy to give those people because you've already fed yourself. You're full. Yeah. So that's why I'm such a big proponent of it. I mean, I never feel exhausted. Um, I never feel like tired and health is a big part of that, but yeah. I'm never, I'm never mentally exhausted. I'm never annoyed by, you know, people needing things or any of that.
0: Or even just like, you know, small inconveniences that, you know, could really turn a person's stay upside down. Sure. Now I think, you know, giving yourself that time, like feeding back into yourself. Yep. Probably helps mitigate a lot of that.
1: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love waking up early, but my morning routine is fairly simple, but it's very structured. It's the same exact thing every morning, even on the weekends. Really? Yeah. So even on the weekends, same thing. You're never
0: tired? No. No. Man. Um, What is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's either looking to find their purpose in life or what they want to do or just kind of looking for that next step for them?
1: Mm, That's a great question. I I have this conversation so many times with people, uh, just um, literally every day probably I have this conversation with somebody. Um, You know, I think my advice would be uh, pick out the thing that really sets your soul on fire, whether that's painting or fitness or technology or, you know, even if you don't know what it is yet, just find something that's interesting to you and start doing a lot of research on it and then find out how you can create a little corner of space for yourself so for example if you're into painting figure out how you can paint one very specific thing that people always want painted or people need or maybe things that people aren't thinking about maybe you paint water bottles (laughs) maybe you custom paint these water bottles right Maybe you turn that into uh, something where you go around and you. I'm a big podcast proponent. Mm -hmm. So maybe you start a podcast where you interview every owner of Painting with a Twist and Color Me Mine, all of these like paint wine shops across town, right? So maybe you interview all of these people and then you start interviewing painters and then you do photography of galleries all across the city. I mean, you can really expand that passion and you'd be surprised at how quickly you can monetize that. Yeah. Um, even with not a huge following, um, yeah, I agree. but, uh, you know, even if you're in a job that you don't love, find the thing outside of it that just is interesting to you. Um, and then just take one step. Yeah. So I think that's probably the best advice is just take a single step. I think oh, it's, sad. it's overwhelming when you think, okay, I've got to do all these things or, or say you want to, you know, start an Instagram page or a podcast right. or it's, there's so much data to take in. Yeah. You kind of have this paralysis of what do I actually do?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And I think the best thing is to just just take one step. Just do one thing. Just write one article today. Just take one picture.
0: The hardest part is just getting started. But once you get started, you move yourself into momentum. You got it. So I completely agree with you. You got it. So one of my favorite podcasts is, um, how I built this on NPR and Guy Raz ends every episode by asking the person that he's interviewing, how much of your success so far has been from luck? How much has it been from your skill or has it kind of been a mix of both? And I kind of want to extend that to you.
1: That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think it's sort of probably a mix of both. I mean, I, you know, skill to me is not really relevant very much. Um, I've never done what I'm doing before. Yeah. I'd never flown planes before I started. I never right. wrote a book before I wrote one. I mean, everything I've done, I didn't have the skill before. Right. Um, but I, I think that, you know, really it's up to this point, it's been due to a little bit of luck being at the right, you know, right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, with the hiring app in this time is yeah. a beautiful thing. But I think it's been due to uh, observing what's going on out there in the world. Um, I think I'm, I'm fairly good at, at seeing what people need and want and helping them get it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really what most of it has been due to. It's just you know figuring out what people need, how whatever I'm selling or whatever I have can provide value to them. Right. Uh, and then delivering that in a way that that really makes sense to them and truly does add value to their life. I like
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Evan, for coming on our podcast today. Um, If you are out there, like and subscribe to our podcast. Find us on social media and we will talk to you soon.
1: Awesome. Very great.
0: Thank you.